0: And welcome to Monday. It is the Pure Opelka podcast. Mike here. I know it was an incredible weekend for most of us in the Northeast. I hope you got outside. I don't know what the rest of the country was like, but it was spectacular here. And we've got a few more days, so I'm planning on getting outside after I wrap up the podcast. Might even sneak in some golf tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows? But we also have uh, big news happening as of today we're less than a year away from the huge election of 2024 and there were major events over the weekend that relate to what could happen in 2024 and 24 hours from now we've got some off-year elections happening in places like new jersey and virginia and kentucky and these elections may indicate what the uh, trends will be going forward I'm looking for good things. We'll get into that. We will get into that as well. But I have to start with the uh, the bad signs for Joe Biden, really bad signs for Joe Biden. Uh, the uh, public opinion polls from the weekend, they are not good for Joe Biden. Not good at all. The New York Times poll, the ABC News poll, the CBS News poll, they're, they're all awful. Let's start with the CBS News poll. Yeah, how many Americans think things are going well in this country right now? The number of Americans who think that things are going badly in the country today has hit its high for the year. So you might expect any incumbent to be down as Biden is. But then look at these positive views of what people think will happen for them financially if Donald Trump wins. Way more voters think they'd be better off. And Biden, for his part, hasn't fully convinced as many Democrats that he'd help them as the middle class still reels from inflation. Yeah, well, it, it, he wouldn't help them. They know. People know, despite the Biden administration taking victory laps on the economy every time numbers come out, and we're going to talk about that with heritage economist E.J. Anthony later. But the the people know. The people who go to the gas station, the people who go to the grocery store, they know. The people who try to pay their rent every month, they understand they don't have as much money in their hands, in their bank accounts as they did when Donald John Trump was president. We're a year away from an election, a year away. ABC News poll, whew, this was a harsh one for the Biden administration.
1: George, voters are just plain frustrated across the board. 76% of adults in this poll say the country is headed in the wrong direction. Only 23%, less than a quarter of the country, say that we're headed on the right track. And the issues that are animating voters' frustration, it's almost unspeakably vast and broad. Economy, 74% of Americans say it's very important to them personally. 69% say the same about inflation. Those are issues in our poll that tend to favor Republicans. Voters say they trust Republicans more than Democrats on those issues.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do, because they have uh, experience with Republicans leading and being in better shape. Just amazing to me. Just amazing. And now we're starting to see some pretty big names speculating that it might be time for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. to retire. You had David Axelrod bringing it up. You had Bill Kristol talking about it. And I I think you even had people Over at ABC News on this week, on the Big Sunday Show, talking about "Eh, maybe we should look at someone to take that spot. And it's probably not going to be Kamala. Or is it? This is probably going to lead to a lot of Democrats increasing the chatter that Joe Biden should step aside and, and, and make room for another Democrat.
2: And I think the problem that Democrats have is they don't know who that Democrat would be right now. I don't think that uh, people look at Kamala Harris and feel like she is ready to take that step forward. They look across the rest of the party, governors, senators, mayors, house members, and they're struggling to figure out who they could put up if it's not Joe Biden. And so I think the reality is Democrats are probably going to run Joe Biden.
0: Huh, interesting. So you would run Joe Biden instead of anyone else in your party? Boy, Gavin Newsom's not going to want to hear that. And uh, Kamala Harris probably won't be pretty happy about it. And uh, she was the subject of discussion on the Jen Snarky show this weekend when Stacey Abrams, the famous election denier, Stacey Abrams, was uh, talking with Jen Snarky and was asked, well, why doesn't Kamala Harris get more respect? Why isn't she considered, and you know what it comes down to, racism and misogyny.
3: I wanted to ask you about the vice president because she has been under a huge amount of scrutiny through her entire time in office. I think there's a lot of reasons for this, but I want to ask you, as a prominent woman of color who's run for office, do you think she would be receiving these same critiques if she was a white man no no not at all we will always question the person behind the person but we cannot ignore that misogyny and racism remain very prevalent in our politics and for those behaviors that don't rise to either misogyny or racism there's also just the
1: difference our expectations are set for the traditional white male
0: vice president Hmm. so we had eight years of an african-american president but we're a racist nation it's just insane these people (sighs) while we're on the subject of jen snarky and her msnbc show she also had representative pramila jayapal one of the squad members on there who's now uh concerned i guess because joe biden and his poll numbers Well, they stink on ice.
1: But I will tell you, this is the first time, Jen, that I have felt like the 2024 election is in great trouble for the president and
2: for our democratic control, which is essential to moving forward.
0: Yeah, sure it is. Sure it is. Well, it's only under extreme duress because the people are under extreme duress. The people are feeling the pain of Bidenomics that people are feeling the weight of everything these progressives have put in place, moving us closer to socialism. And so, of course, of course, we're going to look elsewhere. And if you look elsewhere in the Democratic Party, there's no bench. They have no bench. If you assume Gavin Newsom would be the nominee, well, you already have pushback from someone like John Fetterman. Yes, the Fetter Monster is out there telling everybody that Newsom is... Uh, running for president without declaring it and he doesn't like that i guess his brain is fixed again i don't know i really don't know but then you have um egomaniacal members of congress democrat members of congress like jasmine crockett who i think insults black voters because they're not supporting joe biden i i almost fell off my chair when i heard this on cnn
2: here's the deal perception is reality and so when you look at the data that was provided in this poll it talks about how people feel and when people decide whether they're going to the poll or whether they're not going to to the poll it's all about how you feel in that moment and so while the facts may not align with their feelings their feelings are dictating their reality their reality is that they said that they feel better or they felt better when trump was in office but we've been trying to push back we've got some very popular african-american artists that are out here saying things like oh i got checks when trump was in office i want those checks again not understanding that that really came from congress so we've got a couple of things the perception issue and then we also have an issue as it relates to civics in this country and people not understanding exactly how any of this works
0: hmm. interesting to be that egomaniacal that you would think your audience is ignorant. Your voters are ignorant. The people you need to put you in office just aren't smart enough. And they're, they're letting their feelings dictate how they might vote. No, they're not letting their feelings. They have great memories. They remember how cheap gas was. They remember how low inflation was. They remember how reasonable the rates were to get a mortgage, to buy a home. They remember the fact that the, we weren't involved in wars all around the world. People remember stuff, Representative Crockett, and you're just gonna go out and say, well, they're just they're just dealing with their feelings. And, and you know, that's actually how Democrats have dealt with things for a long time. The woke left always talks about how they feel about something. No, uh, that's not how, Real people, real voters deal with things. Facts. Facts are important. Oh, boy. Uh, These battleground state polls, this was the New York Times polling on Joe Biden, and and CNN was kind of um, sounding very worried. The New York Times, and they're right about it, says, "...in a remarkable sign of a gradual racial
2: realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the farther Mr. Biden was behind." and he led only in the whitest of six.
0: So it was really tough for Dana Bash to read that. She was almost choking on the words, but that's the reality based on the New York Times polling that Joe Biden is behind in five key critical swing states and the only state where he had a a decent lead, well, that was the whitest of the six swing states. That's got to be really troublesome, really troublesome. And now over the weekend, you had a gathering in Florida and all of the GOP candidates showed up ahead of the debate coming up later this week. And even though some of those people won't be there, we know Pence is out. You know, Larry Elder's out. I'm, I'm wondering how Doug Burgum is still in this. And I'm wondering how Asa Hutchinson is still in this. But uh, they were allowed to address the faithful in Florida. And when Chris Christie showed up, well, he got booed. And Chris Christie looked at that as an opportunity to lash out and lecture the people there. You know, tell them just how wrong they
3: were. Yeah. Well, now it feels like home. Thank you all very much. Let me, let me first thank the chairman and everyone here. Yep. Look. That, what a shock you're for Trump. I'm going to fall over dead. Now look, now look, every one of those boos, every one of those catcalls, every one of those yells will not keep it, yes sure, will not solve one problem we face in this country, will not solve, and will, and will not and and will not make this country better. Your anger, your anger, your anger against the truth is reprehensible.
0: Now, I always say that when somebody points a finger at you, there are three fingers pointing right back at them. Chris Christie is still mad at Donald Trump, still mad he wasn't made the attorney general when Trump became president, still mad he wasn't made the vice presidential nominee when Trump was running, he's still mad. So when he tells everybody that their anger is reprehensible, he's got three fingers pointing right back at himself. And he's not going to be the nominee. So what is he doing? What is he doing when you only have revenge as your motive? The Italians like to tell you, you better dig two graves because one of them is for you, sir. And that's how I feel about Chris Christie. It's a shame that he's going to try and waste all of this time. And I wonder if it cost him money, because I think he had to resign from his position at ABC News. When you're a a regular pundit appearing on ABC News, they give you a check. They have you under contract, X number of appearances a month. And now that he's a candidate, I don't think he can be paid for that. So, sorry for you. Chris Christie that you had to give up that money so you could say to your anger and and I guess we should play a Taylor Swift song for you. Uh, you're never getting back together ever, 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 ever. A Couple other things on the on the top of the list it, obviously Israel is going to be in our hearts and our minds every single stinking day until we get rid of Hamas until we eradicate the terrorist group. And you might as well throw Hezbollah in there, even though that would be a much bigger task, much bigger problem. But until um, Hamas is done, this war will go on. And I'm fully behind Israel, fully, 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 fully. But the people who are screaming in the streets, not just in Germany, and in London, and in Paris, but here in the United States. They've got to be funded by somebody else outside of this country. I firmly believe that as well. Over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we had protests in D.C. Saturday night in, in particular, there was a massive protest that started in the middle of the day Saturday, and marched eventually to the gates outside the White House, where protesters were scaling the gates, secret service agents uh, standing on the other side in case anyone got through. And thankfully, nobody did, although it might have been fun to watch the Belgian Malinois be turned loose on these idiots. Waving the the flags. Some of the flags were the Gaza flags. Some of the flags were the, the Palestinian flags. It's a little disturbing when you see people waving flags from a terror organization and they're out there uh, chanting Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar this is just a little bit from Saturday night Sure, sure. And they were chanting, from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free, which means they want the entire nation of Israel and all the Jews eradicated. And everybody says, well, I'm not Jewish. Why am I upset about this? Well, I remind you, these people have a slogan. It's not just uh, from the river to the sea. It's first the Saturday people, then the Sunday people. The Saturday people are our Jewish brothers and sisters. The Sunday people are the Christians who are considered to be apostates as well and must be wiped out. They're getting mad at Joe Biden, though. And Joe Biden was not even at home. He was in Rehoboth Beach because, of course, he's at the beach house, the one he paid two point four million dollars or two point seven million dollars in cash to purchase after, you know, his big career in government where everybody goes because the money's so darn good irony and uh joe biden at the beach protesters outside of the white house chanting climbing the fence attempting to get in and they're tired of joe they're starting to call him genocide joe it'd be a shame if that nickname stuck uh they were also chanting the uh ever popular f joe biden we bleeped it We're just a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving. I I wonder what uh, these folks will be doing uh, Thanksgiving. Will they be having Thanksgiving together and chanting that? I just wonder. The Washington Post did not cover the riot. I call it a riot. Around the gates of the White House, it was a protest. And yes, you're allowed to protest and yell and carry a sign. You're not allowed to deface public property. You're not allowed to paint graffiti on statues, which they did. There were several, several locations that were hit with graffiti and vandalism. And one person was arrested. One stinking person was arrested. That's it. Probably already released. I'm just guessing. Hundreds, hundreds climbing the fence. Maybe thousands. There were tens of thousands in the streets. One person was arrested. You can see all the videos. They're out there. There's plenty of videos out there. But you can see the damage and destruction brought by these these idiots. I'm probably insulting other idiots by calling them idiots. But uh, that happened this weekend and no coverage, zero coverage in the uh, Washington Post. It's got to be disturbing, isn't it, to work for a paper and think you're doing journalism. But uh, you're not. You're just doing what you're told. CNN was out there on Saturday before sundown. And they had the reporters out there without any recognition that they were working for CNN. I guess they're worried. I would be worried, too. These people don't respect any institutions. And of course, if you had a Fox uh, mic flag out there, they probably would have killed you. But the CNN reporter, whose last name was Cohen, by the way, I wonder if he's uh, Jewish. I just wonder. He was out there talking to some of the protesters and they were talking about getting rid of all of the Jews. Of getting rid of all of Israel and then uh, this young girl that the reporter was talking to had a special message for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr.
2: My message to President Biden is I voted for you and I regret it.
0: Will you vote for him in 2024?
2: Absolutely not.
0: And that's got to scare the hell out of the Democrats as we're less than a year away from a presidential election. That and the Stunning polling data from the New York Times and CBS and ABC and Quinnipiac and everybody. This can't be good. I made the prediction several months ago that I think Joe Biden's not going to be the nominee. And I think he's going to have to make the decision between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, Thanksgiving, the Biden family typically goes to the home of a very wealthy Biden donor and they stay at this billionaire's place. I think it's on Martha's Vineyard. I wonder if they're gonna have a family meeting there. And that's where they'll come up with the statement. But the real scrambling is going to be about who is going to run in his place. You've got people who assume that they will. Yeah, Kamala's one of them, Newsom's one of them. Uh, You also have the, uh, the King of New Jersey Uh, King Philip the Unaccountable, as my friend Rich Zioli likes to call him, who probably thinks he can do it. The corpulent governor of Illinois, Pritzker, also probably thinks he's a candidate. And I'm sure so does Amy Klobuchar. There's got to be almost a half a dozen of them ready to go. But they have to make sure that's done, too. Because they can't just come back, have Joe say he's not going to run, And then suddenly, you don't have a candidate, you're not ready, and then Trump or whomever has a huge advantage. And speaking of Donald Trump having a huge advantage, uh, today we're expecting to hear the uh, governor of Iowa, who formerly endorsed President Trump, who gave him a rousing endorsement, in 2018 and in 2020, we're expecting her to endorse Ron DeSantis. I find this to be fascinating. This is a big stinking deal. The uh, Governor Kim Reynolds, who's well-liked in Iowa, back in 2018 was at a rally with Donald John Trump.
2: And on behalf of all Iowans, I want to say thank you. Thank you for cutting taxes, for hard working Iowans. For eliminating senseless regulations that stifled innovation and jobs. For standing strong with Justice Kavanaugh and appointing
0: conservative judges to the court. Now this goes on for about another minute and it's a rousing endorsement of Donald Trump and now she's going to endorse Ron DeSantis. I don't think it's going to worry Donald Trump. He also picked up several endorsements. In DeSantis' state of Florida, so this uh, this battle, which Trump has a massive lead in, is uh, is not this is not going to end soon, but it will end eventually. I assume it's going to end probably on Super Tuesday. We will see. Nobody is dropping out in the top five. I don't think Trump, DeSantis, Haley, at least those three. I don't think Christie's going anywhere and Tim Scott I think those five will stay until Super Tuesday we shall see we shall see we shall see all right um, I'm doing radio this evening in uh, Iowa on uh, talk radio 1040 AM 1040 WHO you can listen on the iHeartRadio app I'm sitting in for Simon Conway Monday Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday of this week and we'll cover everything So you're welcome to join us. You can listen on that iHeartRadio app. It is WHO Radio, uh, 1040 a.m., 1040 a.m. And uh, we're going to talk about everything, especially the jobs numbers that came out last week and the report on our economy, which is not good. And you need to understand it because I think we're teetering on a possible recession. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with my discussion with uh, Heritage Foundation economist E.J. Antoni who joins us to break it down, give us an inside look at as to all of the stuff in this economic report. Well, I think there's a lot of trouble swirling here. E.J. Antoni, thanks for being here. Is there a credibility problem with the latest jobs and economic report? Oh, Mike,
1: it's a great question. And, you know, it'd be one thing, though, if one month was revised up and another month was revised down and the revisions weren't that big anyway so it didn't really make a huge difference in terms of things like your long-run trend but that's not at all what we're seeing right now in fact we're seeing exactly the opposite so that almost every single month in fact every month except july this year has been revised down and the revisions have been big so big in fact that a quarter of all the
0: jobs we initially thought we gained this year turns out they didn't exist so 25 percent of the jobs that we've been told were are you know because Biden's always saying we created uh, X number of million jobs this year. at least 25 percent of those don't even exist
1: right exactly and it, you know, just if I can give an example that kind of takes it to an extreme right Let, let's say Uh, You add 100,000 jobs last month, but then the next month rolls around and we have a revision and we say, oh, shoot, it turns out we didn't add any jobs. But this month we added 100,000 jobs. If you just continuously rinse and repeat, you discover very quickly that you're not actually ever adding any jobs at all. But you continue to have a headline each month that says, hey, we added 100,000 jobs.
0: That's essentially what we have seen this year. E.J., who compiles these numbers? So uh, who should we be looking at and saying, hey, y- you guys aren't telling us the truth? Who's in charge of this? So this is the Bureau
1: of Labor Statistics, which which falls under the uh, the Labor Department. Um, and what's really weird, though, here is that there are plenty of indications in these statistics that something is wrong, right? That, that there is some kind of, uh, you know, you don't have to say that there's anything, you know, uh, uh, devious going on or illegal, anything like that. But there's just clearly something, at least statistically, wrong. There's something wrong with their models. There's something wrong with with how they're uh, collecting and calculating this data. And, you know, if you look at the different surveys that make up this report, you get a very, very good sense of that. So there's a survey of businesses. That's where we get that headline number. Like in this last report, we added 150,000 jobs, allegedly. But then there's also a survey of households, and that has its own measure of employment. And that's the survey that tells us information like the unemployment rate, which is now 3.9%. But... What's interesting is that if you go back to March of 2022, all of a sudden these surveys, which tend to move together, had a huge divergence. And they, that unprecedented divergence has remained to this day. It has gotten so bad, for example, that the household survey in this last report didn't show an increase at all. It showed a drop, a drop of 348,000. For context, that is the biggest drop in either survey since the COVID lockdowns in April of 2020.
0: So the, the two surveys, the business survey and the household survey, um, the household survey, do they actually call people at, at home and say, Hey, who's working there? How many people are working? How many people aren't working?
1: Oh, there, there are all kinds of questions. Not only, you know, are, are you working or not, but how many jobs do you have? Uh, what industry are you in or what, what, uh, part of the service sector are you in? Um, they ask about wages, etc. It's very, very elaborate. There's a lot of questions in that versus the, the establishment say, uh, survey where they survey businesses is a lot simpler. Uh, the, the big thing there is they're calculating payrolls. Now, one of the things that uh, uh, has, again, I think explained part of this very bizarre deviation between the two has been the fact that so many people have had to go out and get a second job and a lot of people who previously were self employed have lost their business and had to go work somewhere else. So the reason I highlight those two things is because in those instances, people go from not being counted in the household survey, or excuse me, in the establishment survey, to being counted. So, for example, if I'm going out and I only have one job, but then I have to get a second job, guess what? That adds an additional payroll. That increases the number of jobs and it makes it look like there's more people employed, but that's not actually the case. And if you look at the unadjusted figure for the number of people with multiple jobs, it just hit a record high.
0: Wow. So we have a record number of people with more than one job, which is essentially falsely inflating the business employment numbers, the payroll numbers. You have a massive decrease. In the household reporting numbers, a gigantic decrease that you're saying is maybe one of the biggest we 've ever seen three hundred and forty some thousand in one month um, what What is this telling us overall e j anthony what what's the what 's the concern for these stats Well,
1: when you really start zeroing in not just on that that big drop, which again that is big, but then you start looking at individual sectors, what do you find manufacturing. Is, is going down pretty quick. I mean, it's not falling off a cliff, but it just had its biggest drop of the year, and it is now well below the, the start of the year. And so, manufacturing is important because although it doesn't make up that big of a portion of the economy anymore, it does tend to lead the rest of the labor market into and out of recession. So, the fact that we now see it dropping at, at a relatively fast clip tells us that we probably, again, are heading into a recession sooner rather than later. Also, when you start looking at things like the earnings data, both the hourly earnings and weekly earnings, and I distinguish between the two because although uh, hourly earnings have not been rising uh, as fast as inflation on average, on top of that, hours have been getting cut. And so your, your hourly pay is not only buying you less, but you're working fewer hours which means that your weekly earnings which also equate to your annual earnings are really really taking a hit and we just saw that trend continue with this last report.
0: That's not good. That's not good at all. Now you you pointed out manufacturing and Joe Biden's always talking about bringing manufacturing back and we just had the the recent uh apparent settlement of the UAW workers strike against the um, the car makers. That, that strike went on for a while, more than a month. Did that have an effect on uh, the manufacturing numbers? Could that have driven manufacturing numbers down? No, because we have to remember that these are the
1: way people are counted when they're, when they're uh, striking is different between the two surveys. But if you look at the fact that the establishment survey went up, and, and that theoretically is the survey that should not have counted people, and the household survey went down, and, and that theoretically is the survey that should have counted them, you can't really uh, explain away the, the, what surveys are going up and what surveys are going down. Based on uh, the striking data, it should have had the the opposite effect of, of what we observed.
0: E.J., you and I have talked about this in the past, and, and the the number of people working is an important thing. You know, we like to see our, our pool of people, American people out there working. But, you know, if they're working in the private sector, it's one thing. The government sector seems to be increasing at an incredible rate. And uh, it just it just feels to me because I I would like a teeny tiny government and a very big free market economy. But I, I, I get nervous when I see that government workers are increasing at a huge number. That's not a good indication for anything, is it?
1: No, it's not, and it's not because there's something you know inherently wrong, let's say, with, with a government job, although some people would probably say there is. But the, the, the issue here is the fact that a government job needs to be paid for, and it's paid for by all of the private sector jobs. And so the private sector needs to grow much, much faster than the government sector, the public sector, in order to have enough tax revenue to sustain those additional government jobs. But that's not what we're seeing right now. We're seeing government grow much too fast compared to the private sector. A third of all the jobs that were added in this last report were government. And you know, going back to what you were saying about how you know we we need more people working, it's really scary when you start looking at the pre-pandemic trends. And there's a whole different you know there there are a lot of different ways you could measure this, Mike. But basically, we are missing somewhere between 4.7 and 6.3 million people right now from the workforce. There's an, ex- an explicit category called not in the labor force, and that has jumped. Five million higher than it was pre-pandemic. So once you actually put all of those people back into the unemployment rate calculation, what you find is we don't even have an unemployment rate of 3.9%. It's somewhere between 6.5 and 7.4%. So again, this points to just the fact that the labor market is nowhere near as tight as we've been led to believe, and the job market is just not as strong as, as the
0: politicians and the pundits on TV think. So could could those, um, those four or five million people who are not in the labor force that were there before the pandemic, could they have just retired and said, I'm going to bag it? I'm just going to live on Social Security or my retirement savings, and, and that number is is not even a fact?
1: No, this this isn't even people who have retired. We're talking about working age folks who could have a job but are choosing just not to be in the labor force. I think a big uh, explanation for that is the explosion of people Who are on disability today. We're talking millions more people right now who are on disability than were in 2020 or even 2021. You know, I've seen some different data and I just haven't found anything that's very conclusive, Mike, Uh, but I've seen some preliminary studies, some of which indicate that this has to do with injuries from COVID, what sometimes are called long COVID symptoms, And I've also yeah. seen some data uh, that pins it not on COVID but on the COVID vaccine in terms of why have, have dis, why has disability gone up at such a staggering pace? But again, I, I just haven't really found a good data set from which to draw a solid conclusion either way. Who knows it could be one, it could be the other, it could be both.
0: So uh, E. J. Antoni, as we wrap this up and we look at this jobs report. Um, what's the message to uh, people like me, the average person out there, just trying to plan ahead for the next year? Um, are, are you? I know we're borrowing another trillion and a half dollars over the next six months. Um, is there anything that could point to a rebound in hiring and, uh, and employment or, or manufacturing or any of these industries? Or should we be buckling up? Oh, Mike, I'm
1: sorry. I really wish I had better news for you in the audience. But, you know, unfortunately, I just don't see any positive economic indicators right now. I I know plenty of the pundits on TV will disagree with me, but I I just would like for them to point to me one thing that says economic growth right now is sustainable or would increase, I mean, heck, forget increase, that that we can just maintain current growth levels. Unfortunately, everything's pointing in the opposite direction, and we're probably going to start seeing uh, more widespread layoffs as we go into 2024.
0: Well, that's that's probably uh, good for people who want to change who's in charge but it's not good for the average person out there. Uh, Great analysis, very clear, understandable to people like me who failed uh, auditing classes in college, and uh, I appreciate (laughs) you bringing clarity every time. E.J. Antoni is his name. You can follow him at Real E.J. Antoni on Twitter X. I I can't thank you enough, E.J.